Welcome to The Spill by Image.ie, hosted by me, Sophie White. And me, Rona McAuliffe. Every fortnight, we delve into the issues of the day, spill on our latest cultural obsessions, and talk to Irish women about what's on their minds. So settle in, grab a glass, and listen to The Spill. On this week's episode, we are talking about that thing that makes the world go round. Money. Timely, as it being mid-January, none of us even have any. Coming up, we're also chatting to writer, podcaster and recovering influencer Rosemary McCabe, who's going to spill on her own spending habits. And later on the show, we are going to update you with all our latest cultural film podcast book obsessions. How are you? I'm good straight in there uh yeah I'm really good I'm looking forward to uh not having to knock out an anecdote this week (laughs) and uh we're replacing the anecdote portion of the show (laughs) with something a little more edifying yes it's what have you been reading on the internet my favorite piece on the site actually is um it is called uh it's hashtag turn off primetime as an Irish trans woman I did not watch primetime here is why um and it's uh by trans advocate Aoife Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think- we Great were, piece. Like, yeah, it's a gorgeous piece. And I think we were all kind of following, obviously the kind of hashtag, uh, turn off primetime kind of movement that was happening during the week. Obviously it was in direct response to RTE having Graeme Linehan, who is neither a medical professional um, nor trans um, on a panel kind of debating uh, the the trans issue and kind yeah. of you know talking about it being a kind of I'm doing using my kind of quote marks here um, contentious issue. So Eva's piece is is really gorgeous and she's just basically saying that um, a why she kind of joined the movement why she kind of refused to watch prime time um, and which was that uh, obviously Linehan that she just felt that RTE were kind of creating a debate that shouldn't be happening that it's not a debate. It's not like, you know, whereas kind of Irish people are constantly having to jump to jump through hoops to, you know, we had to do for the repealing the eighth for um, equality, for marriage equality. It's like this constant banging on doors to kind of convince people to kind of turn the mood and, and really push things forward. When yeah. it should be actually. It, 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 I think she was talking as well about how insulting it is to have your identity debated. That, well, that's exactly yeah. it. But that's the same as kind of, you know, marriage equality and everything else. So it's just like this kind of, it's, you know, there shouldn't be a debate. And if there is a debate, it should be a kind of an informed debate and not somebody who's, um, you know, kind of representing the margins and who's just going to kind of get the, the, the blood off. basically. Yeah, yeah. So um, really nice piece, really enjoyed it. Um, and she just talked about Ireland being um, a safe space at the moment for the trans community. Um, because I think since the... Um, Gender or a relatively safe space, at least, I a suppose, especially safe. compared with the UK, where Linehan has been driving a lot of the kind of more toxic narratives yeah. around trans people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting one as well, because I don't think that's widely known in Ireland, that he is kind of at the forefront of this like micro movement there and it's like it's interesting so you talk bizarre. to a lot of people who are very well informed but wear it very up on what's going on in the media and they won't really know about that side of uh, graham linehan because i suppose they're not following him on twitter or so yeah. much or you know yeah they're just not seeing um that stuff yeah 
And also she talks about Ireland as a safe space because since the um, Gender Recognition Act in 2015, mm. you, you kind of have to, you only have to be living, I said say only, but you only have to be living as a kind of trans person for two years to yeah. be able to kind of officially change your identity. Whereas in a lot of other countries, kind of, I think the majority of other countries, you have to have sex reassignment surgery to change your gender officially. Yeah. Um, so from that point, I mean, yeah, she put it there. Space. It's a kind of a question of, am I trans? Are you being trans enough yeah. to get your, exactly. you know, um, uh, gender affirming uh, procedure? Exactly. Yeah. And to, no, and great so piece. Moment, yeah. And I so. thought as well, she kind of like, I think she addressed really neatly and succinctly, mm. um, you know, because often you'd get a lot of backlash for commenting on something that you're not that you haven't absorbed or consumed. Yes. And I thought that was, um, you know, it's always going to be a, a point. Yeah. If you're talking about something that you are saying, I am not watching this and I'm not engaging it, yeah. but I'm judging it or I'm offering an opinion on it. And yeah. obviously that will invite people to say, you know, who are you to offer an opinion? You haven't watched you it. Haven't you haven't heard them out. Yeah. And I just thought that she very, she very neatly that. addressed that early in the piece when she was just like, you know, I um, am basically just doing what Linhan's doing, actually. Yeah. You yeah, know? exactly. Commenting he is something that I commenting don't entirely know and, about. Yeah, yeah, and propagating an ill-informed judgment. Yeah, something that he has no experience of. Yeah, yeah. No, Absolutely. great piece by Eva Martin there. Yeah, Absolutely. Really Do you have any money? <laughs> um, I, I, I think I, I like just from doing even primary research on on our money issues show I've realized that I've got a dysfunctional relationship with money um, in that I don't value it I don't, I don't think I respect it so no the answer is no, no don't I, have do not. I don't have any savings no <laughs> okay <laughs> um, but we do have we kind of have yeah probably, but we, we're not I, also I'm not a spendthrift so but we do I'd say we probably have a high oh, so you just got off cost. the high horse but then hopped back up on <laughs> yeah, it yeah no I'm not a spendthrift <laughs> at all actually I like my biggest luxury would be food hmm uh, maybe dental hygienist once every three months. That's an investment. <laughs> yeah. Very, um, low groom, very low grooming costs. Uh, and I don't shop that much. So it's it's actually, I think we just have a high cost of living. Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to earn more. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I have savings and You're stuff like much. that. But it's not really through my own doing, I have to say. Not that there's any danger of my husband ever listening to anything I ever do <laughs> or reading anything I ever write. But he's very much in charge of finances in our house. He's the financial controller. Wow. I am the ENTS officer. <laughs> I just book, book in the fun. But no, I do... I have engaged massively much more with money, obviously. I think you have to... When you're a freelance person, yeah. when you're declaring your taxes, well, finally, you- after years of skirting. I'm joking. <laughs> I've always been very honest and upfront. But it's definitely, it's such an interesting topic, actually, because I think I always had kind of been a bit like finance figures as soon as there's numbers or maths involved. Like some part of my brain just completely shuts down and I believe it has nothing to do with me because yeah. I can't work numbers. I'm not a numbers person. But obviously like more than ever I suppose because life doesn't have that kind of clear-cut trajectory anymore yeah of qualify get a job with a pension get a mortgage and spew out kids yeah and 
we're in a sort of like limbo stage of high anxiety around finances. I oh, mean, really? I read a few stats and like literally there's just so much on this that you don't even need studies to tell us that one in four millennials say that financial stress affects their job performance. And uh, also um, a quarter of all millennials reported feeling physically ill when they talk or thought about money. Yeah. Um, which is, But it's also, I think, because there's that was actually... Uh, the first time I discovered it, this auto-enrollment en- scheme. You're reading about that? No. So because millennials don't have savings and they're also job hopping, mm. so people aren't kind of staying in jobs mm. as long. And then there's the gig economy, so people are lots more people are working for themselves. And as I found out recently, because both myself and my husband are freelance, we don't have, we, we don't even qualify for the state pension at the moment. Oh, um, so, you know, all of those kind of things. But because um, millennials... I think apparently historically are the worst savers ever mm. um, as a community, probably because they can't save. Cost of living has gone up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've There's also, though, scheme. witnessed. I mean, let's. Of course, you know, the crash. Yeah, they've, they've witnessed a crash that basically in so many cases wiped out people's savings. Yeah. That like they have a mistrust yeah. of the old structure. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, loads, tell me no, about no, auto enrollment. There's, there's loads of yeah, there's loads of reasons. Mm. Um, and a lot of it is because of job hopping and, um, you know, a lot more self-employed, etc. Mm. Um, but so there's this thing which is called auto-enrollment scheme, which is basically, it's like a kind of government saving scheme. So you have to, it's by, they're hoping to bring it in by 2022. So you have to actually commit, I think in the first year, 1% of your salary and then your company matches it. I don't know what's going to happen if you're kind of freelance or whatever else, but you have to kind of join up to the scheme, which mm. means by the time you retire, you will have like uh, at the very minimum a pot of like 75 grand to draw on to kind of back up your, mm. to just have some kind of qu- like, I suppose, quality of living uh, by the time you get to that age. Yeah. So I thought that was like, at least if it's enforced saving, it's yeah, and clearly kind of very the state is just getting extremely nervous. <laughs> they're nervous about they're this so huge nervous. young population that are going to be old someday, and there's and no way their state pen- pension will cover yeah. everyone. Yeah, and you do think about it when more and more people are going freelance. Like, what is the future? Because we all, it's like you know, in fifty years, we could be saving to buy tickets to Mars, or <laughs> you know, we could be post-apocalyptic. Like, who knows what will happen at happen at that stage. We've got writer, podcaster, and recovering influencer Rosemary McCabe in the studio to talk to us this week about her, um, I suppose, massively popular money diaries that Obsessive. I uh, devour and pour <laughs> over. So, can you tell us a bit about the money diaries and what kind of sparked that idea? I mean... The Money Diaries, it wasn't an original idea. I copied it from Refinery29. And then Refinery29 apparently copied it from NYMAC. Yeah. They were doing it in the cut years ago. So Where they had one journalist who was just charting their... No, I think they had different people each week. And that's what what Refinery29 does as well. Ah, okay. Um, And I just went, you know what, it'll be interesting. I'll do this kind of once a month. Yeah. And it was, like, hands down the most popular thing I've ever written. I know, it's amazing. Mm. It's really soul-destroying. Because you put, like, you put so much effort into writing (laughs) stuff that you think is really decent about something really interesting. And then all of a sudden you're writing... I spent 350 euro on croissants this week and people are <laughs> lapping it up. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a metaphor for like contemporary media as a yeah. whole. I well, mean, yeah. I've written a lot online and I don't think anyone's ever matched my <laughs> K Middy's Hero Beauty product is less yeah. than six euros piece, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think it's that money's the kind of like the last taboo in a way? As in people are, um, nobody 
most people aren't kind of doing money diaries. Most people aren't, aren't kind of all out there the with their money. Yeah, that's it. No, and I think Irish people we're still in a in a real cultural. Um, kind of awkwardness around money. We yeah. don't really talk about money. Like a friend of mine they had dinner with her really close friends recently and they were all talking about the price of rent or something and she said to one of them, how much do you pay? Yeah. And her other friend went, you can't ask her that. And she was like, what? On rent. On rent, yeah. And so these kind of things, like I think Irish people are really funny about it. And my yeah. mom would be like, that would be like, don't ever ask anyone how much they earn. Whereas now we're obviously in, the, in an era of the more transparency we have, especially when it comes to equality and kind of pay equality, it's better if we all talk about it. Mm. Yeah. But I think culturally, we're still very much like, don't talk about that. Like, don't tell anyone if you spent X amount on this because, because it makes you look like a show off. Yeah. yeah. yeah Whereas... Yeah, yeah. I have never <laughs> shied away from being a show more. <laughs> I just have, I've, I've never had any, like, like my mom's like, you, you just have no sense, but I've never had any secrets. Yeah. So it's yeah. never been an issue for me to be like, oh, I won't tell people X. Like there have been the, there has been the odd week, I think because there are so many different aspects involved in my money diary that I think where morality comes into it. So there's the idea yeah. of frivolous spending being immoral. Yeah. And there's been a lot of commentary around it going like, I liked her money diaries in the beginning, but she's learning no lessons. No <laughs> way. Yeah, and I'm like, I never really set out to learn lessons about what I was doing wrong because I don't think spending your own money is a wrong thing. Yeah, mm. of Whereas in Ireland, like, I think we do have a real, like, you should be saving at least X. Per month, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and sometimes you're like, for what? Like, but I'm never going to be able to buy my own house. Yeah. What am I saving my money for? Yeah. I'll be dead. Absolutely. But also, are you, you're saying that you heard that kind of, third person if you like so yeah. people aren't emailing you or aren't DMing you with that no so of, like it's more that's happening on other channels that's more people would talk about it like I kind of get the odd comment going like well more from my friends as well going surprise <laughs> surprise you spent another 400 quid on food yeah. um, but the food issue was one as well that I felt a bit awkward about because I had gone through over the past I've gone through a real transformation but I are you on a journey <laughs> get on a journey are I, you even alive I, in 2019 I was, if you're I was not? on a journey and now I'm off it <laughs> I'm like off the wagon that was taking me on my journey was the journey a bit toxic no the journey well the, the journey was I just got really sick of trying to be an influencer and the only yeah. other thing that I could think of that I might be remotely good at doing was, was personal training so I was like you know what I'm going to do this because I got really yeah. into weightlifting and I I lost a lot of weight and I got super fit and super healthy and so my money diaries now have almost been like a diary of my descent into 380 <laughs> rockets a week again so there, so there has been the odd week where I'm like shit I really shouldn't say that I went to McDonald's for lunch but then I just try to get over it I was going to ask you that though about your career changed last year that was last year wasn't it or was it, it was 2016 it was the year before well it was the end of it was, 2016 wasn't yeah it? it was like August 2016 no it was like August 2017 that I qualified Sorry, 2017. yeah and then I worked as a personal trainer for around six months okay and then I went back into <clears throat> kind of social media writing journalism so financially was that a big risk like had you kind of saved a little pot together so you could retrain oh, I've never saved anything in my life yeah. I I don't know, I actually don't know how. I, I think I did, like I did a couple of big jobs, I think around that time, like like a couple of social yeah. media jobs where you'd get, so like the, the most I've ever been paid for one job has been like three grand where it would be three Instagram posts, a blog post and a YouTube video. Amazing. Mm. Amazing, but it's also yeah. a, like, it's also a lot of work. Yeah. Like in doing a YouTube video, it could take you four days. Okay. And then the Instagram posts, you have to take the photos, you have to send them off for approval. I mean, that sounds really like, there's a lot of work that went into those three pictures, but like, yeah. it's not as straightforward yeah, as I no, think it I, seems initially. Yeah. Also, um, you're earning three grand, but like that's, there's so many, there's so much in the gray area of pitching yeah. and negotiating yeah, that is yeah, not paid work, else, but it's yeah, huge time. And yeah. that's what comes yeah. into being a freelancer or an influencer Yeah, and there's, or yeah. there's so much back and forth. And then yeah. obviously yeah. to pay tax on that. 
um, and VAT at the time, which nightmare. That's yeah. it. That's it. Um, also, you don't have to apologize for the money you earn. There you go. Exactly. Earned it. But I, <laughs> so I had a bit of money. Like, I've never been a good saver. It's more like, oh, this big thing is coming in. So let's do something. With exactly I think, I think that's how I paid for yeah. my course. But it was a huge financial risk because personal training, like, it's really, really expensive. Yeah. Um, it's really expensive to train, but it's also really expensive to get a space in a gym. Yeah. Um, I know FlyFit does it that like if you if you work for FlyFit, they'll basically ask you to give them. I think it's twenty hours a week for free, and then they'll give you the gym rental. Okay. But then you have to work for them for twenty hours either teaching classes or cleaning wow. or working reception. Jesus. And then you can take clients the rest of the time. But in FlyFit, you know, because they're kind of a budget brand, yeah, you might be charging twenty five, thirty five quid an hour for a wow. client and okay. then you have to pay VAT on that you have to pay tax on that you have to pay for like you know obviously you've done your course you have to pay for whatever clothes you're, you know what I mean like yeah. all these kind and of things and 20 of your hours are just wow. and 20 of your hours are gone yeah yeah, per wow. week and then you might have 10 clients so that's 250 quid a week which yeah. is a thousand euro a month before yeah. tax like it's shit yeah. you know what I mean like it's, it's, it's really low and like I was lucky because I was working in a private gym where I had been training before um and I worked there in a slightly different model where I got paid by the hour. But I think my hourly rate was either 10 or 15 euros. So it's not high. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just mm. like a little bit above minimum wage. Again, you're paying tax on that. You're paying VAT. And your hours are horrific. Yeah. So I'd be getting up at 5 a.m., working two hours in the morning, coming back at half 12 to teach class, coming back at 3 p.m. for two hours, and then coming back at 7 for two hours. Jeez. So you're literally okay. in work from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. And you have all these breaks, but no one else is around and you're also exhausted. You can't do anything. Yeah. 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 Um, so I mean it's definitely like I think it's one of those things it has to be your passion and I don't mean like because when I started doing it I was like I really want to do this and to be a different kind of personal trainer where it's not like (laughs) fitness I'm into fitness fitness is my thing fitness has always been my thing I played in school now I'm fit you know what I mean but I was like I just really like weights and I want to help women discover that but then I realized the hours and the money are so shit that but unless you are like the mad, like really, really into fitness, really into anatomy, yeah, yeah. really into physiology, really into helping your clients improve their health. Yeah. It's not going to be for you. Yeah. Wow. I just didn't care that, that much. That sounds hardcore. It, it's, I mean, it's given me such a new respect for personal trainers. Yeah. And how so many of them end up being real peppy. Yeah. <laughs> how are you so peppy? You must be wrecked. They bloody have to be. Yeah. Wow. And you're very like... I, I, you're very honest about money and what you make and things like that. And even like on a personal level, I have act, come to you before and asked you about rates to try and get oh, yeah. an idea of things to charge and stuff like that. And I always remember you being really generous with that information and just straightforward. And I really respected that because as we said before, like it is such a taboo thing, mm. yeah. basically. And it's completely holding women back yeah. to yeah. not just be completely honest and yeah. say, and I, this is what I, I charge hate, for my time. And, yeah, yeah, I hate when people won't tell you. Mm. Yeah. Like there are some times that I've been approached by brands to do something and I'll approach someone who's worked with that brand before and go, go, what do, go you charge? do you know, like not even yeah. what do you charge, but do you know, do they have a big budget? Because I don't want to go back and say yeah. 150 quid. Yeah. And then you're also underselling everyone. So like it's to everyone's advantage to try and get the highest rate possible. Mm. And people will just be like, oh, I think they have an okay budget. You're yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, yeah. is, can I curse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you like, like, does that mean two hundred fifty quid? Does that mean five hundred? Does that mean a grand? Yeah. And people are very cagey about like because they want to keep the pie to themselves. But you're like, if you do that, it just means I'm going to go in at one hundred and fifty, and they're going to work with three of me you. instead of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes no sense. So do you find that difficult then negotiating with clients or? I mean, yeah, like it is really difficult. I don't do that much of it anymore. Like I emailed my, I I did my tax return for 
2018 at the start of January which I know I don't have to do until October yeah. but I was literally like I want to get this over with I want to know what I'm what I have oh God, coming up you're working full time now because so. I'm working okay. full time now yeah. and I was like you know what I'm not going to do any freelance stuff this year because yeah. I don't care like I have my job I have like a little bit of money coming in through Patreon um, and I don't need to do yeah. like to shill sh- stuff tax- on Instagram is your Patreon stuff tax free I don't think so. Is it not creative output is completely tax free? Stop scaring okay. Rosemary live on the mic. In fact, I, I mean, I know this episode's about money, but I'm so triggered whenever anyone talks about tax at all that I get like full palpitations. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think we we're going to be talking about taxes. But yeah, so I wanted to ask you about your Patreon because that is very like natural lead into kind of talking about our expectations around free content mm, and yeah. this move now for creators to like have their own platform to charge people directly to enjoy what they put out there Mm. and you were one of the early adopters in Ireland um second captains (laughs) blind boy has one yeah yeah. Um, I think I was one of the Sarah Hanrahan of I come undone I think I was one of the first women anyway yeah because because when I started like I was obviously looking going like how much are the guys making yeah and Mm. like they're all making thousands okay will you give us the grand total of the Patreon account yeah so I've just broken $500 this week I think. A month? $500 a month. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. So like... How long did it take you to build that? Oh, I think I set it up. Oh, I actually, you know what? I got an email to say it was my year anniversary. Okay. So a year. Would backlash be too strong a word for what people kind of said when you set I up mean, your Patreon? I think... I definitely did get backlash. I think it's different though that Blind Boy... I mean, Blind Boy has become an influencer kind of by accident. I became an influencer mm-hmm. kind of by design. That I went, I'm... I'm, I'm Getting a bigger following online, I'm going to try and harness this and make money. Yeah, which um, actually maybe that's why what's why I failed. <laughs> that I was like, you know, maybe you have to be a James Cavan. I'd just be like, I'm just doing my bits, and then people love you. You know what I mean? Or or a man. He has a penis. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much easier to be loved. <laughs> well, no, it is. But so like, I did get a bit of a like, do you know? Do you really think you're worth paying for it? And I was like, well, actually, that's not the the question. Is do you? Yeah. And if yeah. you don't, that's fine. Like, mm, you know, yeah. don't don't pay for it and don't read it. And um. But when I started, like, yeah, I got a bit of like, do you think you're worth paying for? I got a bit of like, who, you know, who do you think you are? Your stuff isn't that great. And I was like, well, then why? Like, you're reading it. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. now, like, you know, people would be like, I mean, I really enjoy your money diaries, but I wouldn't pay a dollar, like 79 euro cents a month to read it. And I'm like, well, that's absolutely fine. Your decision. That's absolutely yeah. fine. For anyone, like, I suppose any listener who may be not familiar with the Patreon kind of model it's yeah, do you want to kind of explain it? Yeah, it's basically kind of a platform. It's basically it's basically a subscription model. So mm. you go online and the same way you'd subscribe to say the Irish Examiner, you can pay a certain amount a month and you get a certain number yeah. of articles. Mm. So you can start with like like my tiers start at one dollar a month, and for that you get all of the money diaries. I'm a three dollar. Very good. Justin. Oh, so you get your you get your name right out in my podcast now. Congratulations. Oh, do I? Yeah, at the very end, but like. <laughs> I always Excellent. laugh about it because I'm like, who who lasts to the very last <laughs> second where they hear all the names being read out? So for one dollar a month, you get all the money diaries. Um, you also get some random other stuff because sometimes I put stuff up and I'm not really sure where it sits. Mm, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this isn't really one of the rewards, so I'll just give it to everyone. Then at three dollars thirty three, you get two personal essays a month on top of mm. the money diaries. For six dollars sixty six, you get something else. I'm like, what do you get? Maybe you get a mini soda. I can't remember. You get yeah. a shade of foundation that <laughs> won't match your skin. <laughs> That won't match any Irish person's skin tone. Congratulations. But when you say that the the men were coining it, say, with Blind Boy and mm-hmm. First Captains, are all the Patreon stats, all the Patreon earnings transparent? No. So this is really interesting to me as well. A lot of US creators have their earnings transparent. Mm. Yeah. Because I think in the States, 
I think there's, it's like, it is a mentality. So I think if you see someone in the States is being paid $500 by the public for their work, mm. it almost gives them a kudos that you're like, oh, other people value that person's work. Yeah. And then you might feel a bit cheap and you're like, oh, I should probably value that yeah. person's work too. Definitely. Mm. Whereas yeah. in Ireland, I think if you make it transparent, people are like, she's already making five. I'm like, no way am I adding to that. Who she do you think deserve- she is? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So the like, begrudger <laughs> mentality yeah. like, is yeah. never so, far from our thoughts. So yeah. second captains and blind boy don't have theirs public. The last time I checked, I think blind boy had about 3,000 patrons. So you can see the number of patrons. Yeah. And he asks people for the price of a cup of coffee. So okay. even if they just wow. give him a euro, he's making three, three grand, grand a month from Patreon. Yeah. Um, the second second captain, somebody tell me, you know, like Irish thing, somebody was like, somebody tell me they make X amount, but they're definitely making, they're each making a good wage from their Patreon. Wow. Yeah, I think, um, okay. yeah. So like the numbers are high, the numbers yeah. are really high, but like they obviously have massive listenership figures. But yeah. it's really funny, like, like the blind boy comparison is really interesting to me because people will often compare us and go, well, you know, who, like, who do you think you are? Blind boy can do this because his podcast has real gravitas or something yeah and i'm like but how like you can't compare apples and oranges and also completely because also he, 70, he'd have a 70 percent male audience as well wouldn't he uh no i think his, his is probably is more it? evenly spread like women love blind boy yeah, uh, yeah hashtag not all women. oh seriously <laughs> i mean what? i love blind yeah, boy I but just i just love, i just i've heard, I kind he of fancy him. I've heard he's really hot under that bag i've seen yeah. him i met him is by really act, like i bag? met him not realizing who i was meeting not with the bag on his head. Yeah, and I, I totally made a dick of myself, of course. Natch, Good. Natch, yeah. Well, listen. Um, yeah, I've got like Laurie Penny, English journalist. Um, she's nearly at four grand a month, uh, which is incredible. It's amazing. Especially, yeah. she's a divisive uh, person. And I suppose that's what kind of coins it on the internet yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outrage journalism. Yeah. <laughs> But like, it's just a concept, I think, that people are slow to get on board with mm-hmm. in Ireland. And also, I think, you know, we're coming off the back of like, I suppose, downloading and torrenting started when mm. I was a teenager. Yeah. And so, like, I'm we're probably the last age for like people who like legit bought records and tire records and stuff like that. And yeah, everyone yeah. else... They can't get can't get the concept of like why you pay for stuff online, you know. Well, but they do understand subscriptions, mm. so it's funny because sometimes people will will message me on Instagram and be like, oh, you know, I think it's a real pity that you put your money diary behind a paywall. I used to really enjoy it, and now I now I'm not reading it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I was creating all this content for free. I wasn't so like I didn't have any banner ads on my site because I could never really figure out how to work the plugin. Anyway, techie, <laughs> pro- techie problems. But like I, I did very little sponsored content on my site. I never had any banner ads. I was never making any money from like when three and a half thousand people clicked into the money diary on the first day. I wasn't making anything from it. So I was yeah. like, well, this is kind of stupid. So, mm. so then I started doing Patreon and I was like, well, if you pay for Spotify and you pay for Netflix and you pay for all these different things, like I'm just a person and I could be doing my nine to five, which I now have and working seven and a half hours a day and then really enjoying my evenings and doing nothing else. Yeah. And like, obviously I like writing. So it's not that I'm going, this is a huge chore that I'm doing, yeah. but it also is time and work. And like, I spent time and money getting my degree and getting my master's Absolutely, and doing yeah. the fucking creative writing course that I mm. sincerely regret. Um, <laughs> but like all of these things that you're like, I've put so much time into getting where I am today and even like mm. growing my following. Yeah. Mm. When people kind of say, like I used to get asked to put things on Twitter and they'd be like, it'll just take you five minutes. Yeah. And, you know, when I'd ask for money that they'd be like, you know, will you promote this brand thing? And I'd be like, yeah, I will for X amount. And they'd go, oh, well, it will only take you five minutes. And I was yeah. like, it's taken me five years yeah. to get to yeah, this yeah, number. Yeah, like, that's point. not. I think, I think it's just, oh, it's all the armchair experts. It's, mm. you know, everybody, it looks so easy. People who are really good at it make it look really easy. 
and it feels like it's a kind of very natural thing for you to be sharing yeah. every facet of your life. Mm. But it's, yeah. you know, it's obviously not easy. And also yeah. the people and who absolutely deserve to be paid for it. I but it's, you know what as well, in, in making my stuff all Patreon only, <clears throat> it means that the people who are reading my stuff probably don't hate me, <laughs> which is really nice. Whereas yeah. before when I had it on my site, I knew that like, 20% at least of my readers are people who hate following hate me. watchers. You yeah. know what I mean? Who are like, mm. fuck's sake, did you read what Rosemary Cave said? And since I went Patreon only, yeah. pretty much the only complaints that I've seen about myself online on boards have been like, I think this Patreon experiment isn't going to last. Like how long do you think she's going to, you know, before she's going to be back? Are all of her, like... Okay, so no, people who basically haven't paid to get in. Yeah, and like, so nobody's reading and giving out about my stuff anymore and the people who yeah. are reading it like it. Or yeah. seem to like it, or like sometimes they they cancel and they say, oh, you know, she wasn't delivering rewards as expected, or yeah. uh, I only intended to pledge for a li- for a limited time, and you can do that. So like you, you know, you can sign up today, pay a dollar, read all my stuff for the next thirty days, and cancel on day twenty nine. The same way you can with yeah Amazon Prime or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And there's no harm, no foul. You get a month. Yeah, and you even sent out a little reminder, actually reminding people to opt out if they didn't want to be charged this month. Yeah, because I just. Very- um, I Very just responsible. Can't, well, I just can't take the <laughs> the backlash. Not even the backlash. The kind of guilt. Like I hate the idea that somebody would be paying for it and hating you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, listen, like you know, if you don't like this, get out. Yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's not a big deal. And you get bonus episodes of How to Be Sound you with get, your patron. Yeah. Yeah, you get mini so Which is Rosemary's fabulous podcast. It's fab. Uh, it's interview series. Uh, and it's, it's like, it came about because you were like, I want to kind of school myself on how to be sounder in life. Yeah. So well, I'll talk to all these people who are kind of doing that well. Can I ask now about the spending a bit now? Oh, yeah, go on. Or like, are you, are you going to rein it in? I'm oh. worried about you. So you are. So, <laughs> okay, so, so this, this is, is actually an intervention. But, but this is a really interesting kind of moral judgment to me that like people have a real mm-hmm. issue with the amount that I spent. So like full disclosure, I have always been a total spendthrift. Mm, like yeah. I was thinking about this on the way over and like when I was in my very early 20s, I worked for the Irish Times. I worked kind of full time in production and I also did some freelance bits and I think there was one year that I earned 45 grand right that was like my highest that's actually been my highest earning year of my entire life which is now depressing that I'm like 11 years later that's, I was about that's, to that's say as a freelance writer and that was as a freelance and writer and working in production yeah. so I probably oh, wasn't full time I was probably okay. three or four days in production in the times and I had a column and I was I was freelancing yeah. and I was doing a bit of tv stuff and I earned 45 grand and I spent every single cent of course yeah mm. like enjoyed every minute yeah but people have a real I don't, I, like I find it really baffling people have a real issue with you spending your money mm. but like you know people keep going how can she afford to spend 400 euro a week and I'm like well think about it like I'm 33 so say if I earn like your kind of average wage of like 35 grand right for somebody who's in their 30s who's kind of changed jobs a couple of times who's probably still quite junior but earns you know like a decent wage yeah. right mm. if I'm paying rent in Dublin that's like actually that's interesting because you don't put your rent on your diaries do you <clears throat> I think I have once or twice okay I think it so happens that the week that I've paid rent or have I not no I don't think you do actually I mean thinking I happily would because 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 it's not that I'm hiding it but it just feels like maybe I'm like that'll just blow up the hole like it'll be 1200 (laughs) quid that week I can't cope (laughs) but like so say if I'm earning 35 grand right and I'm coming away with two two odd grand a month I'm spending maybe a grand on rent and bills if I'm lucky in Dublin yeah and then I have 1200 1300 euro to play with so that's 400 euro a week right yeah People have a real issue with me spending that 400 euro a week. Yeah. That they're really like, how can you spend this much every week? I'm like, well, 
you can assume happily that I'm not saving a single thing. So if yeah. I'm not saving a single thing, what else would I be doing with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, completely. I think, I mean, in a way, sometimes I do think about it and I go, God, like I could have bought a Prada bag with that or I could have bought like was, There's no kind of delayed gratification. Keep. We were talking about that in a way actually just not connected but are you into delayed gratification no you don't have like little kind of goals or targets that you say oh like we were talking about buying stuff and I was saying I remember the first thing I bought as a teenager from Jenny Vanders I paid for it over the course of about 18 months and it was like this stunning 1940s rabbit fur jacket don't judge um, vintage and, it was vintage um, it was vintage and yeah like I just I suppose like yeah. when I became when I came within spitting distance of paying off that total Marion the lovely woman just gave it to me gave it to oh, me oh yeah that's really but nice that, so that was 18 months of saving yeah and focusing which it was is just like, 18 months just... of going in with like 5 quid yeah. 10 quid you know because like whatever I was 15 I was which like babysitting and but that's like such so, focus so yeah, I'm much so... more like you where I get a windfall like a bonus or something happens and then I, I yeah but it's it really interesting to me that we admire and praise people mm. for doing something like that. you know for paying something off slowly over a certain yeah. amount of months when I actually money money has no moral weight like money whether you have money or not whether you spend money or not doesn't make yeah. you a better or worse person I, if I'm sounding defensive it's because I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good person but um but I know like yeah. I used to be a really really big shopper Mm. He used to be really, really interested in fashion, mm. really into fashion. And probably like that, I would be like, I'll, I mean, I would always be like, I'll save for three weeks to buy this pair of jeans and then have absolutely no money yeah. for six weeks. So I would never be the slow burn. I'll pay it off over a year. Okay. It would be like, I need it right now. Yeah. So I'll buy it and then have nothing. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, <laughs> I think I just care less and less and less about stuff. Yeah. So like I have everything I need. You know what I mean? Like I live in a nice house. We have a telly. There's nothing like, you know, I have a record player. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, I'd love to buy yeah. a mm. record player. I'd love to buy a stereo. I'd love to buy something. Or I'd love to buy a handbag. I don't care that yes. much yeah, yeah. about things. There are certain things that I definitely like and that I'll go, you know what? I love that. I'm going to buy it for myself. But like More 10 bag. years ago, I bought myself a Philip Lim bag. <laughs> that oh, I yeah. think was 900 euro yeah. at the time. Um, I think I bought it off my wardrobe.com. I was working at the Times. I think I got a 25% press discount. It was amazing. Press discounts. Nobody talks about them enough. It's such, such a great Shh, perk. Um, <laughs> but now I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Mm. Not because I think there's anything wrong with spending a thousand euro on a handbag, just because I don't care enough yeah. about any handbags to spend a thousand euro on them. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? But you're a luxurious lifestyle and food. Yeah. You don't drink. No. You don't particularly, you don't go I don't out drink. that much I don't eat crisps. I yeah. feel like I should be a bastion of health and She's perfection, but I just eat too many apple turnovers. <laughs> the problem. Do you think, though, part of the kind of judgment, though, is coming from the fact that if you are a spendthrift or if you don't carry like anxiety around finances, that it is just so hugely telling about where you're coming from in terms of your privilege and things like that? Mm. Yeah, it could. Be. I mean, I definitely do get a lot of people going, it's clear that you came from a really well off background. And it's interesting that this has only happened since I started writing The Money mm. Diaries. And it's also something I've never thought about. Mm. So like my parents, my Which dad... Which also says a lot. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And in I'm terms saying of it privilege. from a person who also no, is no, hugely no. privileged. Yeah. And I didn't grow up Absolutely, in like, financial uncertainty either. Yeah. yeah. The biggest privilege of all is never having to think about your privilege. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's only when we get older that we're like, fuck. Now yeah. I feel guilty about that. But um, like my dad worked in IBM for my whole life as... I think he worked in like customer support or something yeah. and my mom ran a play school mm. so they were definitely like middle you know kind of middle of the road wages neither of them were loaded mm. uh, we, it was consistent and secure it was and consistent and it was yeah. fine like it was secure as far as I knew now my mom talks about it and goes oh my god there was a year where we weren't sure we were going to be able to 
like get by. pay the mortgage or be able to, to buy heating oil or whatever like oil oh my god they bought yeah. oil the other day it's astronomical grand, yeah, it's but the price of oil <laughs> but I definitely wasn't aware of it and I mean it wasn't at all like I always categorize these things I don't have any friends who are solicitors and we never went skiing so mm. I feel like that puts me in a different category to people <laughs> whose friends are all solicitors and who went skiing every year with their family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. we went to Spain for a week and like my parents saved up all year. Mm. Yeah. And that was our big holiday. Mm. So like I'm not saying like we weren't that rich guys, but like we weren't that rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. I, I was just never aware of any money problems. I definitely wasn't allowed to have whatever I want and they weren't buying me like designer gear or anything like that. And, yeah. I, and I started working. You know, are you an 13. early child? No, no, I have an older sister. Okay. Um, she's six and a half years older than me, but she moved to Milan when I was like 12, I think, or yeah. 13. So we don't talk about her anymore. <laughs> but um, the, I definitely like was never aware of any money problems. Oh, sorry. I started working then when I was 13 in the local golf club. Mm. Grim. <laughs> and then when I was 14, I started working in the local spa. So I've pretty much had either summer jobs or part-time jobs yeah. since mm, I was 14. Money. So again, not to be like, my parents made me work for my money, but like, I, I worked for my pocket money. Well, yeah. they tried to teach you something yeah. about the value of money, which you've now just <laughs> drop kicked to the curb. You know, you know what's so interesting? My dad is the exact same as me when it comes to money. We were talking about mm. this the other day and, and I was talking about savings and I was like, you know what, dad? I was like, I just don't care about money for money's sake. Like I have no interest in accumulating money. Mm. Yeah. I have interest in accumulating like food experiences, you know, like yeah. you know, life experiences. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy my lifestyle of going to restaurants when I want to with my friends. Yeah. Mm. I'm aware that that may change if and when I decide to buy a house, if and when I decide to have kids, if and when, you know, all these kind of things. I blame Mother of Pod actually <laughs> for my about turn on the kids thing <laughs> because I was so- Because we've really kids. sold the idea. <laughs> no, but I think, I think you've sold the idea that you don't need to be that into kids. No offense. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. like I had always thought you either fell into the category of like, I love kids. I've always wanted kids and I love kids Jesus so much and I love babies. No. I love all babies. Yeah. Or you hated all kids. And maybe you shouldn't get into it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas you guys have kind of gone, you know what? Like, I hate kids all kids except my own. But you can still like, yeah, <laughs> Even exactly. yours, Rena. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Mother of Pod, subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, <laughs> anywhere you get your podcast. Um, but yeah, so like, I am very aware that my spending habits may need to change. But for the moment, I, I very much enjoy my lifestyle. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I've always worked with a view to like, how can I support my habit Cur of yeah. Three, yeah you know two coffees a day and an apple turnover and your current Friday happiness and, yeah. is what yeah. it takes to yeah. be happy right now in this moment I agree with that I think when I after I had kids obviously it became way more important to me to have like a kind of you know an amount there mm. for, oh yeah like just in case oh yeah. yeah and like that amount obviously changes as you get older and all your kind of stakes are higher yeah. and yeah. it's not like I don't mean that to sound like my stakes are higher than your stakes and no, all that matters in mean, your life is an apple turnover no, we're no, really no. laboured on the apple turnover <laughs> it costs about eight euro doesn't it Rosemary it's like a solid gold an apple turnover an apple turnover a coffee and a San, Pe San Pellegrino no San shins. Pellegrino <laughs> 740 on? 7.40 on Friday morning bargain yeah. um, but that's I'm, it I'm like, exactly the same as you and I've got no amount like we don't save we're and we have kids so that's interesting yeah I mean I would shitter. say yeah so we do I save think, and stuff yeah. But yeah like imagine my sister lives in Indiana now right and she has four kids so if she stays in America yeah they're how much are they going to pay to send those kids to college yeah I mean yeah. what is it like 
250 grand, grand per kid for college education maybe? for the whole for the whole thing, thing. yeah yeah I think yeah. something like that yeah. So, yeah yeah and like i don't think she's a great saver either <laughs> but she owns a house so i just rely on windfalls yeah. Like as in, you know, whatever. No, it's been a while. <laughs> whatever. Game plan. Yeah. yeah. Colon, Get windfall. windfall. But also, windfall. The, your other massive expense is Quillon, your dog. Oh, yeah. Obviously, because I have a dog, so I'm always yeah. like, and, and he's just had an overnight in the vets as well. So that's like 300 quid the one dropped thing, here and there. Yeah, the one piece of advice. Bowel she, issues. Sorry, just, she. Just because she has a beard. Everyone thinks she's a boy. <laughs> the one thing that I would ever say to anybody considering, well, no, there's two things. Considering getting a dog, don't get one, would be number one. <laughs> number two, get pet insurance the minute that dog crosses your threshold. Oh, God, so that was my question. You don't have pet insurance. So I do now. Okay. I do now. <laughs> but when she was three months old, she was hit by a car. Yeah. And she shattered her, now we get into the veterinarian portion of our show. <laughs> she shattered her hip bone and hip socket and had to have a big operation to remove the whole joint. And then it all knitted back together with the result that she now has like arthritis in the other leg. Yeah, There's kind yeah. of dangers about her cruciate and stuff. So yeah. she's, you know, she's monitored all the time. <clears throat> she's now on anti-inflammatories. Nothing to do with that leg or the other leg or her anti-inflammatories or her arthritis yeah. is ever going to be covered by insurance. So those are all the expenses. Oh, so Jesus. her stomach problem okay. actually blissfully is covered by the insurance because we had to send her to UCD and I think it would have cost us about two grand. Yeah. When the operation on her hip already cost me a grand and a half. Yeah. But I made my parents go halves because they were minding her. I'm happened. like, that's <laughs> one and a half Philip Lim bags right there. <laughs> we, we paid three and a half grand to UCD actually and the dog died. <gasps> so yeah. Oh was, no. We won't go back there. <laughs> But you know, Sorry, you know I'm when joking, this. But what I'm saying is, like, massive expense. Like, yeah, people huge. always underestimate. Yeah, and like she's how now on. They are. Like she basically costs me the same as my apple turnover habit because she is now on a special <laughs> prescription food that I have to yeah. get from the vet or order from Amazon in bulk. Yeah, which is a nightmare as well. Like, where do you put four twenty kilo bags of dog food? Nowhere. Yeah. In your dining room. Nightmare. <laughs> in you your bedroom. People over. <laughs> Glam, oh, please. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Thanks you're more than welcome. Yeah, and being so honest and generous with all your experiences and expenditures. Financial. Oh, my money. <laughs> and making us all feel much more secure and happy in our financial lives. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 hope, I hope people listening to this are basically just going, God, I'm glad I'm not a spendthrift like that girl, but she seems all right. Rather than like, <laughs> she seems like an asshole. I think they're I mean? just going, I want yeah. an apple turnover now. Yeah. Oh, thank they you, are, Rosemary. I get, them, I get them in shoe lane. Here's a plug for shoe lane. Shout I don't out. work for them. Hashtag spunk on. Um, I get my apple turnovers from shoe lane. They're incredible. They're from some, it's like Norma Jean's Bakery or something in Temple Bar. Oh, and they do these okay. amazing, and the croissants are amazing as well. They're, but they're literally the size of your head. I mean, I'm, I know what I'm saying, but they're literally the size of your head. That's, that's the main draw they're the size of your head they're amazing I've just yeah. had like a flash forward to a dystopian future where people are just littering their conversations with hashtags PonCon can you imagine though my like my peer to peer <laughs> marketing but it's just on this new level my dystopian future is the people in Wally. Like sometimes I feel like people are reading my money diary and imagining me like hugely <laughs> obese, like like squealing around in one of I those love seats, that movie. just like shoveling turnovers into my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just Wally. adorable. Yeah, I love so it. Cute. So cute. Okay, so follow at Rosemary McCabe. That's an A in that Mac. Long time follower over here on Twitter, on Instagram. Catch How to Be Sound, her brilliant podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. And consider. Uh, donating to Patreon. Patreon.com yes. slash Rosemary McCabe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I am in love with this book.
Oh, good. It's a book. Oh, good. So I got a podcast. It is The Great Believers. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of it? No. Hang on. It's by Rebecca Mackay. And it's stunning. It was out last year. And it is, there's kind of two narratives running concurrently. One is set in the mid 80s in Chicago at the kind of beginning stages of the AIDS epidemic in the gay community in Chicago. And then the other um, sort of storyline is uh, kind of contemporary Paris um, 2015. Yeah. And basically, it's just. It's just a brilliant, quite like sweeping novel. It kind of reminded me of A Little Life a bit. Okay. In the kind of way that like the world is just so absorbing and all the characters are just really, really interesting. And mm. also just so much about that kind of like those sort of early years of AIDS and oh, just the unbelievable stigma of it. and The ignorance. Yeah. And just also just the kind of... just the actual magnitude of it like where whole friendship groups like were Mm. just being wiped out like yeah and the grief of it like it just really brought it home in a way that not that much I've read or seen has actually you know I read Tales of the City when I was younger it's my favorite I love 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 Armistead Mopin, who wrote that series. Yeah. And that series was all set in San Francisco in the middle of the gay rights movement in the kind of mid-70s on up to yeah. the kind of late 80s. And um, so I do, I did have a reasonable knowledge, I mm. think, of kind of it's how the virus first appeared and all the kind of misconceptions around the virus and things like that. But um, this, The Great Believers, it's really good. It kind of took me a little while to get into it. Mm. Um, and, but now... Like, you know, when you become so attached to characters that like when things happen to them, you're really feeling it in your own life. Yes. I am right there. It's brilliant. I love it. And is it the same character from the 80s through to 2015 or is it next gen or? Um, The basically the kind of point of view of the 80s is a, a man called Yale Tishman. And then the point of view in the, the 2015 um, section is a g- woman called Fiona. And she is in okay. the mid 80s bit for sure. She's a friend yeah. of Yale's. Okay. But oh, it, the latter half is her own story. Okay, cool. It's really good. I love yeah, it. That sounds great. Um, I have been, I finally signed up to Audible. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so I've listened to West Cork, which I was like devoured in about, well, Eight hours. However long it is, 13 hours. However long it took. And I'm completely in love with Jennifer Ford and Sam Bungie. Oh, yeah. My friend went Um, to college with them. No way. Mm -hmm. Um, They're incredible. Uh, They're buttery BBC voices. Um, (laughs) But while I was in there, I uh, discovered John Ronson's new podcast, Last Days of August. Oh, yeah. I've listened. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. So obviously it was, um, he was kind of picking up from, I suppose, partly from the butterfly effect where Mm. he was covering the porn industry or going behind the scenes of the porn industry in the US, uh, specifically California. Um, And also then with August James, he's a 23-year-old who took her own life, um, porn star, took her own life. um, Apparently, it was kind of rumoured or so her uh, husband, who's a porn director and producer, uh, Kevin Moore, um, had spread that it was basically uh, online bullying. So Twitter trolling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, that had driven uh, her to that it. That had yeah. driven her to it because she'd made a, a homophobic remark, basically, and was pounced on. Mm. Um, so he'd gone in from the shaming point of view. Um, 
post his book. Uh, so you've been so publicly you've been shamed. shamed. So you've yeah. been publicly shamed. Um, and the story just revealed itself to him, um, which it, I, I thought mm. it was kind of very interestingly built. Uh, mm. I think they were on it for maybe two, two and a half years. Um, like just. Apparently their budget was 500,000. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, there's oh a little bit of. Oh my God. Apparently because gossip. The research is endless. Like they just dig and dig and dig and dig. And I think mm. that's what's so compulsive about him is that everything is so meticulously drawn. Yeah. And then he's, you know, he's taken a really long time, obviously, to put a narrative on it, mm. which is interesting because the first kind of 60, 70%, you think basically that her husband has something to do with it. Don't want to give any spoilers. Uh, with August's death, he's mm. obviously, he was 22 years older than mm. her and was rumored to be controlling. The kind of Twitter trolling was not supposed to be have had any impact on her kind of mental state. Um, so it's just really interesting and just so, I don't know, just so he's such a pro. It's such a pleasure just to listen to every single episode. This is just it's 32 minutes. I think they're 32 minutes each and just not a sentence is uh, misplaced. Yeah, it's economically totally told. It's brilliant. Yeah, could uh, I think it could have been way longer than it is. And I think it's like testament to him and his producer that it's it's kind of it's very refined and digestible. Loved it. It's also an interesting one because it brings up a lot around the kind of ethics of telling people's stories. Mm. And I suppose I thought it offered like quite a lot of perspective on what it must be like for a documentary maker to become interested in you which is basically what kind of happens yeah. with the husband Kevin Moore yeah. it's like an interesting game of cat and mouse that reverses he almost seeks out Ronson initially yeah. but then as Ronson digs and digs the, he becomes more prominent yeah and the kind of the pursuit changes from Ronson pursuing more yeah. almost and interestingly tie in and plug alert I wrote a piece somewhat around that podcast for image.ie a couple of weeks ago after I listened to it first. Yeah. So I wrote a piece called Is Our Appetite for Investigative Journalism Driving the Exploitation of People's Pain? Yeah. And talked about the different podcasts that kind of do that. And Ronson himself does address it in um, the last days of August and kind of does question himself yeah, the ethics and of it. Because he does so if you're interested in reading further, <laughs> do click. Do click, guys. And um, we'll conclude that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to get in touch, email us. We are the spill at image.ie. Also, if you felt inclined to rate and review us, that would be lovely. Yes. Quite lovely. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye.